Sephora stores are everywhere you are. So just pop in when you need a brown lip to match your 90s playlist. A confidence boost before your interview. Or a last minute gift for mom's birthday. There's always a Sephora near you. Just pop in. Use our store locator to find your local Sephora or Sephora at Kohl's. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy. But you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Lady Astor presents the Screen Guild Players. The Screen Guild play tonight, The Yank in the RAF. The starring players, this is Tyrone Power, Betty Grable, and John Thutton. Lady Esther and all the stores who bring you Lady Esther Face Powder and Lady Esther Face Cream present the Screen Guild Players, starring Tyrone Power as Tim Baker, Betty Grable as Carol Brown, John Sutton as Wing Commander Morley, and Pat O'Malley as Pilby in 20th Century Fox's romantic adventure, A Yank in the R.A.F. story begins in 1940, when Tim Baker, a young American pilot, learned he could make a thousand dollars a flight ferrying bombers to England. It was strictly business, so far as Tim was concerned, and business is bad as the curtain rises. Tim is over the Atlantic, and his radio is dead. There isn't any radio beam, sir. I've tried all the frequency bands, and I can't get a whisper out of this set. Well, see if you can get a program from British Broadcasting. When I was flying the mail back in America, I used to always ride in on Kate Smith. Boy, there was a beam for you. This is no joking matter, sir. Now, you said it. If we don't land in England, I don't get my thousand bucks. Is that all you're worrying about, sir? Uh, I should say not. I've got a girl waiting for me there, too. She's an entertainer at the Regency House in London. That's nice. Uh, you just don't know. Boy, is she nuts about me. Now, how can you say a thing like that? Here, kiss me. 
Oh, let me go. Oh, I hate you. Well, that kiss said otherwise, Carol. Besides, nobody could hold a grudge against me for a whole year. I can. What do you mean? I'm the one who ought to be sore. I get back from Dallas and find you've gone to England. And as for that nasty note you left... I'd have rigged up a shotgun pointing at the door if I'd had any string. Listen, could I help it if I was caught in a snowstorm at Tulsa and had to make a detour? Mm, I know all about that detour. Her name was Irene. Oh, so that's what you thought. I always knew I could clear it up if I could only see you and explain. Explain? That's the best thing you do. But I'm not interested. As far as you and I are concerned, it's over. Understand? Finished? Done. Oh, now, that's a fine way to treat a guy who flew all the way across the Atlantic just to see you. What? You flew the Atlantic? The minute I heard you were in England. Well, you must have been awfully well paid. You never did anything like that for love. What do you mean? I've changed, honey. You'll be surprised. Kim Baker, you'll never surprise me again. Just a minute. Surprise? Kim, what are you doing here? Waiting to take you to supper? I mean, what are you doing in that RAF uniform? Just breaking it in for a friend. And uh, who's the friend? Me. Come on, let's see. Didn't I make it clear that I don't want anything to do with you? Well, you don't have to have anything to do with me in a public restaurant. We'll just eat, tip the waiter, and go our separate ways. Now, remember the night we met, Carol, in Kansas City? You were going east, I was going west. We took one look at each other, and then I was going east, too. Oh, that same old Sparks there, honey. Why fight against it? I'm sorry, but I can't risk it again. There's no reason why I should, and I'm not going to. Stop here, driver. Don't bother to get out again. Oh, I'll just take you to the door. That's all, Cabby. Good night, Tim. Oh, I said I'd see you to your door. Hey, you know, I, I like this place. Oh, here, give me the key. Thank you. Now, goodbye, Tim. Well, then, hadn't I better come in and open the windows? I left them open. Well, then, I'd better come in and turn on the heat. You've been turning it on all night, but it isn't going to do you any good. I give up. Here I am. Fly the Atlantic to get near you. Join the RAF to stay near you. Act like a gentleman. Thoughtful, consistent. Oh, dear. You're more beautiful than ever. You worry. Well, aren't you going to close the door? Well, Tim, how does it feel to be a pilot in the RAF? Now, ask somebody who knows. What do you mean? They won't trust me with a plane. They've got me going to school. Me? They're going to teach me to fly. But, well, I don't understand. Well, I don't have time to explain it to you now. I'll pick you up backstage after the show tonight and tell you all about it. It's a date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Barnett. I uh, beg your pardon, miss. I think your car will start better with this in place. Well, what's that? The rotor off your distributor. Oh, did it fall off? Well, not exactly. I took it off. You know the regulation, don't you? Well, I know there's a regulation about taking something or other off your car, but I never could learn what it was. Well, this is it. It must be removed to prevent the enemy from using your car in case of invasion. I'll put it back now. There. I thought I'd better take it off so the police wouldn't catch you. Well, that was very thoughtful of you. Yes, if anyone was going to catch you, I wanted to be the one. Oh, do you catch many this way? Oh, I'm afraid I've made a botch of this. At any rate, I don't seem to be getting very far. Well, uh, how far did you expect to get on just one rotor? Well, I was hoping to find out your name, at least. Oh, why should you? I don't know yours. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm Wing Commander Morley. How do you do? Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye, license number BHX-528. I'll be looking you up. <laughs> Is this the way to Miss Carol Brown's dressing room? Yes, sir. Uh, shall I announce you? No, thank you. Just a second, Tim. Gosh, Tim, I... Well, Mr. Morley, what are you doing here? Well, I hate to seem persistent, Miss Brown. Well, let's face facts. You are. So I am. But now that we have run into each other again, perhaps you'll have supper with me. Well, I'd like to very much, but... Good. But I'm afraid my, uh... My husband wouldn't like it. Oh. Did you say your husband? Yes. Well, I see you're very modern. No wedding ring? Oh. Well, uh, well, that is, we... uh, Because of your career, possibly. That's it. Because of my career. That's uh, what I thought. Is your uh, husband calling for you? Oh, yes. He told me he'd meet me here, right after the show. He quite obviously didn't. I'm afraid something detained my husband. Don't apologize. I can wait. Uh, he might have fallen asleep. Quite. Uh, he works all day. He's not lazy then, is he? Well, I guess I'd better run along. I'd be delighted to walk with you. Oh, uh, that won't be necessary. Not necessary, perhaps, but very pleasant. Thanks a lot, and goodbye. Not goodbye. Good night. Shall we say the ivy about one Thursday? What for? Lunch. There's no purpose in it. There's no harm in it either. All right. The ivy at one. Good night. Good night. Hey, who turned those lights? Oh, it's you. I hope I didn't disturb you. Now, listen, honey, I know it's my fault, and I apologize. I'm sorry I stood you up, but I was awful tired. I just came up here and took a nap instead of showing up at the Regency House. It really doesn't matter. Now, don't be that way. At least I wasn't out with anybody else. Really? I was. He was very charming. If I'd known you were here, I'd have asked him in. Oh, so that's it, huh? Trying to make me burn. Not at all. Just bringing you up to date. I'm having lunch with him Thursday. You can have lunch with all the men you want. You're very sure of yourself. Come here. Give me a kiss. Hey, what kind of a kiss is that? 
Hey, you were out with another guy. I told you I was. With Wing Commander Morley. Wing Commander Morley? Well, what's so shocking about that? Well, nothing. Nothing at all. Wing Commander Morley just happens to be my superior. Mr. Baker, you can say that again. before we hear Act Two of A Yank in the R.A.F., starring Tyrone Power, Betty Grable, and John Sutton, here is a word from Lady Esther. Isn't it thrilling to hear the wonderful things the men in our fighting forces are doing? And doesn't it thrill you, too, when you stop and think that many of the planes our boys are flying, many of the tanks they're driving, and the very guns and shells they're using are made by women? Yes, today, millions of women are doing man-sized jobs. Jobs really vital and important toward winning this war. And they're not letting down on their appearance, either. Just look at their pictures in newspapers and magazines. America's women at war. They're so fresh and lovely that, well, it just does my heart good to look at them. And you know, I can't help feeling happy and a little proud to know that Lady Esther Forth of the Space Queen is helping so many of these women keep their skin young-looking and attractive. You see, this one cream alone brings them four important aids to beauty. Many of them say it's the only cream they need, the only cream they now use. For Lady Esther Face Cream not only thoroughly cleans their skin, it also softens their skin. It helps nature refine the pores, and it even acts as a perfect base for powder. So if you want your skin to look softer, smoother, and fresher, Change to Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream. See the wonderful difference in your skin after the very first application. Now back to a Yank in the RAF, starring Tyrone Power as Tim Baker, Betty Grable as Carol Brown, John Sutton as Wing Commander, and Pat O'Malley as Pilby. Adapted for radio by Bill Hampton. It's several nights after Carol told Tim that she was lunching with Wing Commander Morley. And on this summer night in 1940, Tim and Morley together with the rest of the pilots of Bomber Squadron 61, are on a bombing mission over Germany. Take over for a while, Baker. Well, thanks, Morley. Are you sure the Air Ministry can trust me as a pilot? I just finished school, you know, sir. Oh, it's quite all right. I'll keep an eye on you. Oh, thank you, sir. I'll try and do as much for you when we get back, when you're with Carol Brown. Now, just a moment, Baker. I realize you're annoyed because you're in a bomber and not in command of it. Don't you ever think of anyone but yourself? Oh, yes. Sure, on numerous occasions. Sometimes I think of my girl. Sometimes I even think of you when I'm thinking of my girl. And I think how downright ridiculous it is for you to try to cut in on me, sir. Hello, honey. 
Oh, Tim. Open the door and walk in. Where are you phoning from, Tim? From the airfield. I'm afraid I'm going to be a little late. Hello. I hope I'm not interrupting anything. Hello? Mr. Morley. What did you say? Uh, I said, uh, how much more time will you need? Oh, 45 minutes on the dot. Okay? Yes, but please, Tim, don't be late this time. Uh, don't worry, baby. I'll be there in 45 minutes. I hope so, Tim. I hope so. Well, under the circumstances, I don't suppose I could interest you in a weekend at my family home down in Kent, could I? No. Tim will be here in 45 minutes. Hadn't you better go? Well, all right, but I'll stop back in a couple of hours. Tim might be late. Awfully late. And if he is? Well, I play a fine second fiddle. And there's still that weekend in the country. can't understand why Carol doesn't answer, Philby. Well, our being six hours late couldn't possibly have made her angry, could it? Oh, of course not. No, I didn't think so. You know, most women love to wait six or eight hours for a date with a man. Especially if it's a dinner date and the girl's hungry. Listen, I haven't been on time for a date with Carol since the first night I met her. She waits. Aye, of course she waits. But where? And with whom? What are you worrying about? She's my girl. Well, she might be my girl sometime. After all, flying bombers can be dangerous occasionally. Your number might come up and I might be left to console her. That is, uh, if I ever meet her. You know, when I think of that poor, innocent little girl going all through life without ever having met me... Hillbeam, you're a wolf. Not at all. I'm just a faithful old sheepdog. Yeah, well, comb the hair out of your eyes and help me hunt for the key. Maybe she left it under the doormat. She did. Ah, but if she hasn't known, we dare not go in. Daren't we? We're in. Carol? Carol? Uh, she isn't the coy type, is she? What do you mean? Hiding under the bed. Oh, no. I wonder where she could have gone. Well... Wing Commander Morley disappeared right after we returned from Berlin. You don't suppose... Don't be silly. Carol wouldn't go anywhere with Morley when she could wait right here for me. I wonder if you could possibly have any idea what this weekend in tennis meant to me. Staying in that beautiful old house of your father's. It looks as if it had been there forever. It has, Carol. The first Morley's built it was the time of the Norman Conquest. Back home, I lived in the oldest house in town. It was 32 years old. It must have been a very wonderful house with you in it. Somehow, I prefer this one. It's yours if you want it to be. Marry me, Carol. I can't. Why not? Oh, there's a reason. Wouldn't be Baker, would it? How did you know? The best possible source, the man himself. Well, that's it. I see. Oh, you're the one I ought to love. You're everything that Tim isn't. Then you should marry me at once, by all means. No, I couldn't. Not when I'm not even sure of myself. You'd better drive me back to town.
time you came back. Tim, what are you doing in my apartment? We had a date, didn't we? Yes, we had a date. Yesterday. Oh, I know. And this time I haven't even got an excuse. It's all right. I was in the country. In Kent. Oh, yeah? Who'd you go with? Friend of mine. Oh, I get it. Your friend, whoever he was, must have been quite a salesman. He did something that would never even occur to you. Something you couldn't even understand. He asked me to marry him. Well, why didn't you say so? If you really want to get married, I'll marry you. You mean you'd make that great sacrifice just for me? Well, why not? I'll, I'll marry you tonight if you want me to. You will? Sure. Well, that's awfully sweet of you, Tim. Your proposal was beautiful, romantic, everything a girl could want it to be. I'm very grateful, but I can't accept. Now, please go. Okay. That's the way you want it. You'll be sorry. The only thing that'll make me sorry is seeing you again. Now, get out! Hello? Miss Brown there, please. Certainly she's here. Miss Morley wants to talk to you. Hello, darling. You mean that, Carol? Of course I mean it. Oh, this is all very touching. Shut up. What? Not you, darling. Are you coming over? I'd love to, but I can't, Carol. There's a general flap on. All leaves have been canceled. Every flyer's been sent to Dunkirk. Tell Baker to get back to the field immediately. I heard him. Be careful. And hurry back. I'll be waiting. Knowing that, nothing can stop me. Goodbye, dear. Goodbye. Well, Tim, you heard the conversation. I've heard a lot of conversation. That guy can phone you every day in the week. You can call him darling all you want to. But it won't do you a bit of good. You're mine and you're going to stay mine. Come here. Tim, let go of me. You're hurting me. Let go. Hold still now. Not until I put this ring on your finger. Give me that. There you are, my bride. And I'll make it official when I get back from Dunkirk. That's Dunkirk, Captain. All set, Kelby. dropping on your tail right now. I'm coming in on it. There goes one. Hold tight, Roger. I'm coming in again. That's two. Now set him up in the other alley. Here we come again. Nothing. 
He's right here. It's for you. Thanks. Yes, this is Molly. No word? Well, call me back here at Miss Brown's apartment if you hear anything. What did they say? Have you heard anything? Baker's still missing, but they brought in one of the chaps from his squadron. He thought Tim shoot down three planes and get a burst himself. If he thinks there is a chance, he might have bailed out. If Tim bailed out, he'll get back. I know it. Why, he's had a hundred forced landings. Nothing ever happens to Tim. Besides, he promised me he'd come back. And this is one promise he has to keep. He said he was going to make this ring official as soon as he got back from Dunkirk. Oh, so that's the way it is. That's the way it is. Always has been and always will be. Yes, speaking. Thanks, old man. In a half hour, they'll be bringing in a boatload of men, Carol. We'd better be there to meet it. Do you think we've missed him? No, they just started coming off. But where is he? There are probably a thousand men on this boat, Carol. I suppose we could have missed him. But you said we saw the first of them. It's easy to overlook someone in a crowd like this. You stay here at this gangplank, and I'll go over nearer the other one. There he is! Tim! Oh, honey, are you screaming at me or to me? Oh, Tim, I've missed you so. Didn't I tell you you would? Are you badly hurt, darling? Not too bad. Oh, I knew nothing would happen to you, Tim. Sure you knew it. I told you. I told you something else, too, remember? Yes, Tim. Are you ready to make it official? <laughs> well, I have to. I couldn't get the ring off. Oh, hello, Morley. Congratulations on getting through, Baker. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. What a very lucky man. What about me? Oh, you're luckier than I am. You're getting me. Oh, Tim. I know, honey. I'm a worm. Thank you, Tyrone Tower, Betty Grable, John Sutton, and Pat O'Malley for your grand performances in tonight's play. Our sincere thanks, too, to 20th Century Fox for permitting us to present our radio version of A Yank in the RAF. And now, before Tyrone Power returns to tell you about next week's great show, a word from Lady Esther. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank each of you who has written to tell me how much you like this new Lady Esther program. I'm so happy to be able to bring it to you. And tonight, I'd, I'd also like to thank the millions of women whose loyalty to Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream has helped make this program possible. If I were asked to give one reason why my cream has made so many, many friends, I'd say it was because it's right in tune with these busy times. You see, it takes care of not one, but four important needs of your skin. Every time you use Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream, here's what this one cream does. First, it thoroughly cleans your skin. And by that I mean it even removes the hidden dirt from the mouths of the pores. Second, it softens your skin, really softens it. Removes the dryness and flaking that may cause little lines to form. Third, it helps give the texture of your skin a fresher, lovelier look because it helps nature refine the pores. And fourth, you don't need a powder base because it leaves your skin so soft, so smooth, that powder and makeup look much more flattering. Now that's why I call my cream a four-purpose face cream. 
It's not just a name. Lady Esterface Cream really does all these things. And because it does these four important things, you'll see that your skin looks fresher and younger than it has in years. And now, her own power. Today, nearly every one of us is working either directly on a war job or on work that concerns the making of war supplies in some way. Now, one person or a dozen people taking an extra day off doesn't affect production a great deal. But when a few people take a few hours or a few days off merely for pleasure, and that's multiplied by the number of busy plants in America, our war production is cut down. Days lost now may mean added weeks or months of war. Except for necessary rest periods, our fighting men are on the job every day, all day. When we loaf on the job, don't do our part, we're handicapping those men. Our own friends and brothers and husbands and sons. The next time you feel like taking time off merely for pleasure, remember it may cost a man's life because of the work you didn't do. Remember that and stay on your job. As to next week's show, the Lady Esther Screen Guild players have a real treat in store for you. RKO's rollicking romantic comedy, My Favorite Wife, starring Barbara Stanwyck, Robert Taylor and Franklin Pangborn. It's a great show with three of the brightest stars in Hollywood, and I know you'll enjoy every minute of it. seen in the Black Swan. Betty Grable is currently appearing in Springtime in the Rockies. John Sutton will soon be seen in Thunderbird. And Pat O'Malley will soon be seen in Over My Dead Body. All our 20th Century Fox productions. Next Monday night then, same time, same station, Lady Esther will present the Screen Guild players in My Favorite Wife, starring Barbara Stanwyck, Robert Taylor, and Franklin Pangborn. The music on this series is arranged and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. This is Truman Bradley saying good night for the Screen Guild players and Lady Esther. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.